The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. That's right. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. It don't get no better than that, man. Cook throws the deep ball and it's wide open. Inside the 30, Lovett makes a move. They'll stretch the field to the wide side. Here's Burton, the elusive freshman. Stays on his feet. He will take it to the end zone. What a drive for Missouri. This is the Mazzotcast. Well, howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Well, Colin, we are uh, recording here in the early parts of July, and it is the quiet season of uh, sports, especially college sports. Not much is going on athletically, but I think we kind of wanted to get a podcast out there because... On the recruiting front, it looks like Drinkwitz has been busy and none too soon because up until recently, I'd been sitting, I think, on three signings or three commitments, and uh, that ain't going to cut it in a uh, recruiting year, especially when we've got a couple of big dogs entering the SEC. So uh, I think what I'd read is he'd had like seven new recruits commit in the last five days after a big, I don't know, gold rush weekend where... uh, you know, the Drinkwitz had to wind and dine potential recruits to come to town, and it looks like it's paid some dividends with seven new recruits, I think a couple of four-stars, and uh, much needed because uh, so far the recruiting class for 2024 had looked like garbage. I sometimes wonder, I you know, you talk about the gold rush, if they sort of intentionally, like, hey, guys, I want you to hold your commitments until this date because it'd just be the most Drinkwitz thing in the world to do to, to let the narrative get out there that he's, you know, falling on his face just for him to sort of uh, drop a diaper load of recruits on us, just to sort of make the press and the fans look like uh, fools for having that narrative. It seems, you know, it's a drink. It just feels like something Drinkwitz would do. I certainly think there's a couple of guys who were heavy Mizzou favorites that he said, you know, wait until after this cold rush event. Because if nothing else, it makes 
you know, it builds a little momentum for the guys who are on the fence to uh, then jump. And also, it, like you said, it yeah. builds a media narrative yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's yeah. just, it, it, I, for some reason, our coach wants to stick his thumb directly in the fan press's eye for some reason. <laughs> it seems to be like his jam. But like, I mean, if he, again, if he wants football games, you know, I welcome your thumb in any orifice. Uh, <laughs> That's but, right. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why he feels the need to be that way, but yeah. whatever. Well, I, I mean, we were always maybe wrongfully assume that there's a method to drink with his madness. But I mean, I don't know. I'm starting to lose faith. I mean, you know that I'm well off the drink with bandwagon I and mean, captain 500 is what he is in my mind, you know, but he, he did get this uh, four-star wide receiver, James Madison, the second and cornerback Cameron keys, you know, good needed positions, especially after losing love it. Our best player on the team to Georgia and, you know, Hopefully, Luther Burden will step up and make us forget that uh, Lovett even existed because, uh, you know, all the hype surrounding him. Um, and he did look like a great freshman last year. But new guys coming in, and he, they're not the only players, but they're certainly the most highly rated players. And I think well, there's, there's a, 10 the guys now. Out of Florida was Rodriguez. He's a four-star, isn't he? Yeah, he is, uh, according to Rivals. I think uh, 247 has a three-star, but Rivals got him as a four-star. So there's a few four-stars in the bank now. And uh, like I said, very welcome, given the state of the recruiting class coming up to this point. I mean, gone. I had been very low on Drinkwitz. And, you know, going into this point in the offseason, usually we had had more recruits already committed. But um, he's catching up fast, so it looks like – this is not going to be a nightmare scenario from a recruiting class like it looked like it may have been if uh, this gold rush hadn't paid off. But there may be a more, couple more coming down the pike. But uh, right now the class sits at 10, like it's a two, three, uh, four-star recruits at linebacker, wide receiver, and cornerback. So things are going okay. It's you know not the sort of uh, marquee, five-star, Luther Burden type of classes that Drinkwitz had put up in the first couple of years of his tenure. But – those guys are now on the roster and have a little seasoning. So hopefully, I don't know, we're looking at a season of success because Drinkwitz needs it. I mean, if he puts up another, like say, Captain 500 year, I don't think that's enough to save the guy's job because, frankly, Barry Odom did better than that. So, well, Speaking he, of Barry Odom, at least with the gold rush stuff that the recruits actually show up, uh, you remember the uh, Show Me 10? Oh, God, what a, an absolute recruiting and marketing disaster that was. <laughs> it really was. What a colossal blunder. Well, and, you know, like, don't pump that out there unless you know good things are going to happen. Yeah, and you can't really know because you're dealing with fickle 17-year-olds who might get a call from Nick Saban the next day, you know? So, like, yeah. God, I mean, they pumped that up like it was a going to be a big thing. Like, keep the guys at home. Keep the local boys at home. And I think we got one guy out of that. Utter disaster. Yep. Yeah, anyway, I mean, but on the field, results-wise, Colin Odom looks better than Drinkwitz at this point. And that's why, I don't know, I don't have the kind of optimism a lot of folks have going into the 2023 season and I feel like this is the first time in a long time I felt that way. Usually when we're having these sort of midsummer, how are we going to do this year kind of conversations, I feel like we're way out in front of like the national news guys and the SEC media guys and the Mizzou media guys. And we have higher hopes. But I don't know. I mean, we put out a Twitter poll a few weeks back and said, what do you think is an acceptable record? And a lot of people were like nine and three. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like, man, nine and yeah. three ain't fucking happening. Not with this coach, not with this roster. Uh, I know a lot of people like our defense and think the defense is going to be one of the best in the country because they were a good defense last year, but they weren't an elite defense. And I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just don't see. I mean, they were like, well, we lost a lot of close games last year. I'm like, yeah, we did. We also got fucking blown out by a few teams. And what makes you think we're going to win those close games this year? I don't see a lot of incoming blood that makes us think we're going to climb that hump. So I'm just not very optimistic. I'm not very optimistic in Drinkwitz. I mean, I'm glad that he's got somebody else making offensive play calls. I'm glad the recruiting class this year isn't going to be a fucking disaster like it looked like a few weeks ago. But I don't know. I mean, I just I'm down on the guy. I don't have a lot of faith that he makes the right moves. And frankly, it's all going to come down to the quarterback position. And we've got Garcia, Horn, and Cook. And in my mind, Colin, like if Brady Cook is who we march out there as our starting quarterback, forget about it. Fire Eli Drinkwitz because I'll be done the I'll be done the first the first game. Yeah. But I I will say I, I I'm still some optimistic. I do think the defense will be okay. Uh, I think they'll be okay, I, but I don't think they're going to be nine and three okay. There's people, you know, saying this offensive line is one of the better ones that Drinkwitz has had. That's always a nice thing to hear. Uh, it always starts in the trenches. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm still cautiously optimistic. I feel like there's some key positions, namely running back, wide receiver, and uh, quarterback that all yeah. I think have a chance to be really good this year. Fairly. Um, well, I mean, running back, who do you think is going to be the starting run? I don't know. Well, I, the four-star from last year, that Jones kid, you know, he's hopefully he finally gets The guy that didn't see the field? And, yeah, well, I mean, we know from Drinkowitz, you know, like for some reason he's like the the Whitey Herzog or, 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 or Tony LaRusso maybe the better comp of, you know, like we don't let young kids play. We, you know, like we – you know that everybody's going to earn their stripes, sort of. Bull, yeah, because you know, it's nineteen ninety-seven. Just well, it's just a, it's just a stupid, stupid mindset um, for a college football coach to have, especially when the whole you know industry is based on win now, and that's how you keep your job and get extensions. But there is still this backwards, you know, I don't know how to use a VCR, grandpa mentality with a lot of these coaches that oh everybody's got to earn their stripes and they've got to you know the underclassmen don't play right away and uh, which is just ridiculous it's just a fucking bold-faced idiotic thing to do you know the best player should play it's a meritocracy that's all that is to it in my mind and we're i feel like drinkwitz has a little bit of that like hey you got to earn your stripes um and uh, at least I hope that's why he's doing because it, the alternative is, is his recruits aren't very good, and so he just can't play them. Yeah, that's right. I mean, but the thing is, he came in here and we thought he was bold and innovative, not a guy who can't work a VCR. And yet, running back and quarterback, <laughs> we don't know who the fucking starters are going to be. And it's only, I don't know, two of the most important fucking positions. And then looking at this defense, sure, they're going to be good, but the reason I don't know if they can come over that hump and win those close games that they lost last year is because. Our offense has not proven fucking diddly shit, and they're going to be worse, theoretically, without Levitt on the squad. And, you know, if if we can't score points, I don't care how fucking good our defense is. If we only give up 14 points a game, but we're only scoring 10, we lose close games. And so I, yeah. I just – they're going to have to prove it to you. I'm not saying we won't be better than this. I'm just saying, like, I haven't seen anything yet to prove it. And to me, you got to start Sam Horn. Because, and, I mean – Look, yes, we have not seen Sam Horn play much, so it's all speculative. But what we do have some information, and the information we have is that Brady Cook can't cut it in this league. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm obvious, just, obviously. I mean, from based on past transfer history with Eli Drinkwitz, I don't know that Garcia is going to be any better. So Sam Horn came in as a big recruit. We know, here's one thing we know about Sam Horn is he's a bigger stud at baseball than we even thought he was going to be. I mean, that guy fucking can hurl that baseball and he will likely be a first round draft pick in baseball if he isn't playing, if he isn't starting for this football team this year, fuck, he's just going to play Major League Baseball. Like, he's that good at baseball. He's got an, a rocket. You think? Yeah. He, I mean, he is, he's impressed more than anybody expected in the baseball world. Well, so, I know, but I mean, like, the minor leagues are literally full of dudes that can throw in the 90s. Well, I mean, you know, Colin, I may be wrong, but <laughs> I, I see he can easily sign a baseball contract from what – I'm not Everybody saying he can't saying. sign. A, couldn't. I'm not saying he won't sign a baseball. He couldn't sign a baseball contract. I'm just saying, like the, you know, there's a lot of guys. Well, I'm just saying. Do you want to be? I'm just saying. Do you want to be a pine rider for the Mizzou football team as a quarterback backup, or do you want to make money in the minor leagues or major leagues in professional baseball? He's gone. He's. I mean, baseball is a viable option for him. I guess is what I'm getting at, and more than viable option. And yeah, I just feel like. We need him to be good because Drinkwitz has the good and the bad of Eli Drinkwitz. One of his major failings, and Colin, I put together a list of five things that I'm reasons I'm down on Eli Drinkwitz, and I don't like him as a coach. And number one on my list, uh, spoiler alert, is quarterback chaos. He has never had solid, defined answers at the quarterback position. Not a single season he's been here has there been a quarterback who has been the guy who's been the leader and the settled starter who keeps the team rocking and rolling. He's never had that. And so Sam Horn is, in my mind, the only way he can have that this no, year. I and agree. If, and if he can't do it this year, then he just – he for, we hired an offensive fucking coach who cannot get a quarterback going. I had to also well, put – Well, that was Gary Pinkle's you – know, I think one of the best feathers in his cap and something Gary Pinkle had said – on numerous occasions out loud was that Mizzou will always have a quarterback and they yeah. always did. Well, for and years after he was gone, I mean, Drew Locke was sort of like Gary Pinkle's afterglow from our juicy cum from the Gary Pinkle years, you know? <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. He was the, he was the afterglow. Yeah. He was the sticky residue in between our thighs after the Gary Pinkle years. You know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Make it sound very uh, erotic. Yeah, it was, it was. But, um, well, listen, and nobody felt found Drew Locke more erotic than me. That's <laughs> true. I don't know. I don't know where to go with this. I don't know. Do you, would you like to hear my list of five reasons I do yes, not like please. I love <laughs> Eli it. I Drinkwitz? Love the five reasons I feel like show I'm show structure, it's great. Off the bandwagon <laughs> of Eli Drinkwitz. And when I say I'm off the bandwagon, I'm not saying I can't be reeled back in. I'm as fickle as any fan. But these are the reasons he has to prove it to me that he needs his job for another year. Though I'm not supporting him for another job out of the gate. I'm giving him zero benefit of the doubt. Number five reason is uh, results against Tennessee. We used to uh, play yeah. Tennessee well. Granted, I, I know that Tennessee is on the rebound. Josh Heupel's got them rocking and rolling. But we have had embarrassing losses against Tennessee. I mean, humiliating losses against yeah. the volunteers and they're the worst team and the worst fan base in the sec by a long stretch. And, um, you know, and, and I'm, it's not just Tennessee either. I mean, like a runner up for this number five is a first year loss to Arkansas. And then that Boston college loss, which is just unforgivable to go out there and lose yeah. to fucking Boston college. Well, and when we played Boston college, we looked 
atrocious. And we have looked unprepared. atrocious. We looked unprepared against yeah. Tennessee two years in a row. They weren't just losses. They looked like we didn't know that they were going to play football. We were going to play pickleball. It was just embarrassing to our entire program. And uh, it's one of those things that's like sometimes losses are so bad they stick to you. And those are the kind of losses that, that they've they've stuck in my mind. Um, number four reason I'm off of Eli Drinkwitz is I have zero confidence in his play calling. I mean, he's just done baffling, conservative, horrific play calling. I give him credit for finally getting an offensive coordinator. I think it was not necessarily a strategic move so much as that it was a move to. Yeah, I don't think it was his idea. No, yeah, I think it was something to give him cushion because he was uh, under pressure. But I'm glad he's doing it. But like the play calling, we hear, hired this guy thinking that he was going to be very innovative and bold, and he's been nothing like that. He has been so conservative. Yeah, I mean, no team in the West SEC. Yeah, nobody in the SEC punts on fourth down more than we do like we never go for it we never do anything bold we we give up games we give up games from just conservative sort of neutered horrible play calling we all know this he's a he's a horrible play caller he's done a terrible job at least at mizzou uh number three for me i i've got one game that i've put down as a number three reason why i'm down on any like drinkwitz and that was the kansas state loss we lost 40 to 12 last year against kansas state embarrassing loss early season and kansas state fans reveled in it in a way that made me they looked at this game thinking they were going to crush us and then they did and it just it Built everything that they built up in their mind about for some reason that they were this great program, which they're fucking not. We reinforced it by being a fucking unprepared, terrible mess against them. It was embarrassing. It was horrific. And nobody is to blame more than Eli Drinkwitz. Yeah. And I, from the play calling aspect, you know, there was a lot of basically just like wide receiver screen stuff to uh, Luther Burden, which for me was disappointing. I just couldn't really figure out a way to get a lot out of Luther Burden. You know, he scored yeah. some touchdowns and showed some, some, you know, why he was draft or not drafted, but recruited so highly. But, um, but I also think part of that was the quarterback, which is also Drinkwitz's fault. But I'm mean, like, it's, it's hard to get anybody involved when your quarterback is, it's so obviously limited as, um, you know, Cook was. But I just From, remember, you know, like, I don't, how many, how many long bombs down the middle of the field do you remember, you know, or, or, you know, slant patterns that he broke off for, you know, I mean, like most of it was just wide receiver screens or Dink even and dunk. handoffs. Yeah. It was just like from any sort of distance, uh, you couldn't expect Brady cook to be able to consistently deliver the football. You know, like I said, I'm on the, I'm still on the bandwagon. We, we disagree on this from this standpoint, but this is it for him. Like I said, this year, the, the, the recruits sh- should get their opportunities and hopefully they live up to their potential. And if they do, I think everybody will warm back up to drink woods, but well, he's, Going to have, like, as you say, going to have to prove it for sure. Well, I've got number two on my list I hadn't gotten to yet, Colin, which is the Auburn game, which was one of the, it will go down historically as one of the most embarrassing, humiliating, ridiculous losses in Tiger history. I mean, very few years we play Auburn, very few years you're going to be able to beat an Auburn team, especially on the road. And we, I don't know, three times took defeat from the jaws of victory in this fucking game. And yeah, it was a lot of player buffoonery that caused it to happen. But ultimately when players fuck up, it comes down to discipline and that comes down to coaching. It was 
We found ways to lose last year that were just fucking mind-numbingly baffling, and this Auburn game epitomized it all. Um, I don't think any game made me sleep less than that Auburn loss. It was just Auburn wanted to lose that game so bad, and we refused mm-hmm. to let them. And um, yep. the, you know, we start talking about Auburn, K-State, Tennessee, Boston College, and th- there's a pattern developing, which is ineptitude, you know, an inept coaching that makes you either embarrass blowout, either have embarrassing blowouts, or these close games that we absolutely should have won and then fuck up. So, you know, it those all make my list. And of course, like I already said, number one for me was just absolute quarterback chaos. You cannot have the most important position on your field be a question mark every fucking year. And here we are entering 2023, and it's a goddamn question mark. So, yeah, I... um I think he's a piece of shit right now. You know what I mean? Like, sucks. Yeah. I <laughs> I hope after the season we'll say he used to be a piece of shit, but he isn't anymore. <laughs> That's right. I said he used to be a piece of shit. He's not anymore. That's right. And then, you know, on my list, number six, I said five, but number six right now, he's just, he currently, as a Mizzou coach, is 17 and 19 overall, 11 and 15 in the SEC. And in his, well, that's what gets you those big contracts, Brent. Well, yeah, that's right. It's got a contract extension. But I just want to put it this way: Barry Odom in his four years was twenty-five and twenty-five and fifteen and nineteen in the SEC. So, in order to just be at the Barry Odom fireable level this year, he's going to have to have four SEC wins and somehow manage a s- <laughs> eight overall wins. He's going to have to have eight wins and four SEC wins to just equal what Barry Odom did to get fired. So yeah. come on now, right? Like ultimately that, that's, that, that's as that damning as anything. That's not looking good. No, that's, that's not, it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> I think whenever I have this argument with people who say Drinkwitz deserves another season, that's going to be my go-to legal argument is like, we're going to have eight wins and four SEC wins this season just to reach Fire Barry Odom level. Am I Buffalo Bill for Drinkowitz? Is that what I'm doing right now? Well, like, I mean, you know, I'm, I used to pretty, Conzo Martin, like, <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty down on Drinkowitz. Conzo Martin right now? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because I am so down on Drinkowitz that just not being as down as me makes you maybe look like Buffalo Bill. But um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, maybe, uh, even worse, Brendan, am I? Uh, Am I Sam Snelling right now with Conzo <laughs> no. Martin with uh, with my Drinkwitz apologies? No, to be uh, Sam you know, Snelling, you'd have to I get on. Am I going to have to buy a, car for, a scarf and a fedora? <laughs> am I, you know, <laughs> you know, Sam Snelling. Am is... I going to have to start drinking IPAs, Brendan? God damn it, I hate them. I don't want to. <laughs> well, if you want that moniker, Sam Snelling has spent the offseason going political and um, alienating half really? his audience. Oh, yeah. I mean uh, – I he's going the TJ route, the TJ Mo route. Well, I, I would say politically, he's going the opposite route of TJ. Well, but, I know, but political. I mean, yeah. basically <laughs> the same, but but the opposite. Yeah, exactly. He's alienating half his uh, potential sports audience by jumping into the political waters for whatever reason. I guess he's like, well, because his opinions will change the world. <laughs> he's like, I need to have my voice heard, even if it destroys any credibility or audience I might have in this little tiny niche market I work within. Everyone needs to know what I think about transgender rights. <laughs> like, all right, Sam Snelling, <laughs> fine. Change the world one tweet at a time. But yeah, <laughs> yeah so let's not go that route. But, uh, and I and I pray to God you don't have to drink more IPAs than you want, Colin. Bye. Um, two, one is too many. 
you know, I used to, I used to drink a lot more craft beers than I do now. And I, I bread soda, man. Well, it is a little bit bread soda. And, and I would say even when I was like down with them more than I am now, I couldn't drink more than one or two. I mean, you, if you want to fill your gut and just be full without eating, you know, drink yourself a, a, a triple IPA. But at some point, I was just like, who am I, who am I trying to prove that I love beer to? You know what I mean? Like, fuck. <laughs> but at the same time, I'll also drink a Bud Light and I won't care about the political consequences. You know, I just, yeah. I'm not so worked up about what beer I drink. If it's the beer is cold and the weather is hot, I don't really give a fuck what it is. I will drink it. Yeah, I had somebody say something about to me about uh, drinking a Bud Light. It was a free beer someone had given me, and I was like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't care. It's yeah. cold and it's free. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to deprive myself cold-free beer uh, to appease your political opinions. I don't care. I mean, I just simply don't care at all. Nine times out of ten, no matter what the topic is, your political opinion should probably be, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's my... That's my political opinion. Uh, so anyway, Colin, I, I just, um, it is July. There's not a ton to talk about. I mean, I go online looking for Mizzou news and, you know, Dave matter and the Gabe Yarmans, I can see they're just stretching. They got nothing to talk about either, but ultimately, I mean, don't you think the season is going to come down to who our quarterback is and whether he has any competency because I mean, yeah, Brady cook's not yeah. injured this year, but like we know Brady cook has a low ceiling Sam Horn, we don't know anything about because we refused to play him for some reason his freshman year. And uh, we hope that he has a much higher ceiling. And then we've got Garcia, who is just like an insurance policy is what he looks like to me. You know, he couldn't hack it at Miami, which is was an okay program. Well, Brendan, last year we didn't play our insurance policy, but one play. Jack Abraham was our insurance policy. And Derekwitz put, put him in. He threw an interception and then took him out and didn't let him play ever again, except – basically Sam Horn snaps at the end of a no-nut or worthless game. Meanwhile, Brady Cook could be as bad as he wanted to every single game and could never get bent. So like we brought in an insurance policy last year, let him make one mistake, refused to play in the rest of the season. So, I mean, like, I don't know what we, – will we get to see Garcia? <laughs> you know, I don't know. A torn labrum isn't good um, enough to get him out there. I know that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a ridiculous uh, scenario. But anyway, I think we're all rooting for Sam Horn. And truthfully, I think that Sam Horn's the plan. I, I do think Sam Horn's the plan. I, they didn't bring him in here not to play. He's obviously a thoroughbred athlete. Why would you not give him first dibs on this opportunity? My outlook on how the season could go will be completely different based on who gets announced for game one starter against what is it, South Dakota or South Dakota Coyotes in game one. I mean, if Sam Horn gets announced as our, as our starter, I'm just going to have a tremendous amount more optimism than I will if we have another year of Brady Cook, who we just know is not a good quarterback. And it's just, it's going to be a mediocre slog of a fucking year. And um, anyway, yeah, it, it, <laughs> I'm going to, how I feel about this season will be determined by the announced roster for week one. Well, that time is coming soon enough. So yeah. I think we've talked uh, uh, talked around in circles around this football thing. Brennan, we got any Kansas news? We do. Should we go to take our first break and come back and do some Kansas news? Absolutely. All right. It's the first time we've done this in a long time, but stay tuned for Kansas news. This is the Mazat Guest.
Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. back and for the first time in a very long time Colin let's bring out the old favorite it's time for Kansas news I heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas sunshine sunflowers sons of bitches this is Kansas news <laughs> apropos of the conversation we were having before the break Colin our first story, Kansas man wearing beer costume arrested for alleged drunk driving. It's like that uh, I think you should leave sketch where the guy dresses like a hot dog <laughs> yeah. and a hot dog car crashes into a store. We're all trying to find the guy who did this and give him a spanking. A driver dressed as a Bud Light beer can was pulled over for suspected drunk driving near Topeka, Kansas. A man wearing a beer costume was arrested for alleged drunk driving. Oh, the non-irony. Hmm. Yeah, did he, did he say whether he was running uh, from TJ Mo? And that's why he was uh, <laughs> had to speed. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kansas driving. He was he was driving to Sam Snelling's house for protection. That's right. And because uh, TJ Mo was after him. Yeah, I wonder. Does, he, <laughs> does Sam Snelling has he switched from IPAs to Bud Light now because of the political stuff? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it seems like a tough choice for him. Dressed as a Bud Light beer can, a uh, Kansas driver was pulled over while driving northbound on Interstate 35. A photo from the May 5th arrest shows the driver clad in a red baseball cap and oversized Bud Light costume while doing field sobriety tests. Uh, it's not going to, it can't go well during trial, I would think, you know, when they're showing that. A career in law enforcement is exciting and you get to experience something new every day. Sometimes you see things you can't believe, said Franklin County officers on their Facebook page after the stop. Deputies were surprised to see that the driver was wearing a beer can costume. A little on the nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Yeah. It's like uh, you have Matty Mock getting pulled over uh, with his face covered in Bolivian shale. Yeah, or just wearing a, a costume of an eight ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Many on social media have had a field day with the man's arrest in light of his costume choice. <laughs> the uh, person wearing the beer costume has not been publicly identified, but was arrested at the scene for driving under the influence and taken to Franklin County Jail. Thankfully, no injuries were reported. You know, people get mad about drunk driving because you can endanger yourself or others, but uh, let's make it fun. There's no reason this drunk driving thing has to be such a bummer. (laughs) That's that's right. Let's put a little spirit into it. No, God, we got a theme going. Topeka police don't know why a man smashed beer cans at a Walmart, but millions have seen it. A social media video of a man angrily smashing bush light cans at a Topeka Walmart has gone viral, having been seen by 42.5 million people. Twitter users suggest the man was responding to a recent controversy involving a partnership between transgender influencer and the makers of Bud Light. 
But police who arrested the man don't know what set him off. It's unclear at this time why he was causing the disturbance and criminal damage to the store, said Rosie Nichols, public safety communication specialist for Topeka City Government. Several of the witnesses and victims had left prior to the officers arriving at the scene. So he's destroying bush light cans mm-hmm. to, in protest of Bud Light. <laughs> That's right. J. Dustin so David. This, this makes all the sense in the world if you know people from Kansas. The, I think the only assumption the police can make is that uh, Bud Light is now the spokesperson for um, wokeism that makes rural people mad. And so <laughs> Bush Light has a lot of the same letters as Bud Light. So better throw Don't cans just, in them. I miss the old days when people were just scared of the boogeyman and not a word. <laughs> uh, but that's just me. I, I just wonder what like Walmart's like, what did we do? <laughs> yeah. And Bush Light. You know, you're like, hey, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I get it. Anheuser-Busch, it's all the same thing. But like, who cares? Oh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Again, my, my, uh, my opinion on all of it is who cares? Wichita man gets probation for incident over Chick-fil-A sauce. Now, so diving outside the beer realm now, a 39-year-old Wichita man has been sentenced to a year in probation for causing a disturbance over Chick-fil-A sauce at a local Dillon store. The Sedgwick County District Attorney's Office said James Hirsch pleaded guilty last month to two counts of criminal threat. Judge David Kaufman sentenced him Thursday. If he violates probation, he's subject to five months in prison. Private security and employees told police that Hirsch got into an argument with an employee regarding Chick-fil-A sauce being on sale. Hirsch was asked to calm down or leave the store when he began throwing punches, said Charlie Davidson, a former Wichita Police Department spokesperson. Private security detained Hirsch until he calmed down. Hirsch was accused of threatening staff before getting into his car and driving toward the entrance where staff were standing. No one was hurt. I'm going to say this right now, and I know this is controversial, Colin. I feel like Chick-fil-A is overrated. It's not worth it. Oh my God, I couldn't agree more. And that's I thought, and that that's not misconstrue things here. I'm not saying it's bad. Same. I will uh, eat Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. Yep. It's not bad. It's good. It's just not worth waiting in line for 40 minutes to get the way people think it is. But sometimes I think I don't know. People are just like I don't know. It's like a Prada bag. It's like in vogue to like Chick Fil A. You know, like <laughs> it's, I don't it's know. Funny it's funny to compare Prada and Chick Fil A. Well, I think I feel like. Rural Missourians probably uh, would make that connection. Sure. Um, It is baffling to me when you'll see like a line of three different types of fast food places and all of them will serve an adequate breaded chicken sandwich. (laughs) Adequate is the word. It's pretty, you know what? They're all fine. They're fine. And Chick-fil-A is fine. I think, you know what? That's a perfect descriptor. Adjective. Yeah. Perfect descriptor adjective for, for Chick-fil-A. It's fine. It, is fine. But hey guys, this episode of the Zodcast brought to you by Chick-fil-A. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if Chick-fil-A wants to send us any free chicken sandwiches, I will eat them, you know? They're fine. Yes. They're definitely fine. But every day the the place where I go to the gym, uh, which I actually haven't done much lately, shocking. I know. Mm-hmm. Um is right next to a Chick-fil-A and every day at lunchtime, it is just a sea of people. And I'm just like, what is, did they, maybe it's just, I don't eat it enough. There's probably like an addictive chemical in the chicken and like you just eat it and like sort of builds up in your system and before like it's like crack cocaine. Yeah. Except for Midwestern housewives. <laughs> you know, where in Columbia, where the Chick-fil-A is, you, nearby there's a, a McDonald's, there's like an IHOP, there's a, 
Um, there's a Panda Express. There's there's a variety of different, I'd say, equal level of restaurants. Only one has the drive through line backed up to where they actually have employees in the parking lot taking orders, and that's Chick-fil-A. And I have yet to have a meal at Chick-fil-A that is like, you know what? I am definitely willing to stand in line for this fucking fast food. But yeah, I'm just not that guy. I I, I don't stand <laughs> in line or wait for anything. I'm too impatient. Like this, there's no food that's so much better than other food that's worth the wait. Like, and that, and for me, that's even like you're like, oh, CC City Broiler. Like, man, that's their steak is amazing. I'm gonna have to wait 40 minutes for it. Oh, you know what? I'll just go get a Big Mac. <laughs> yeah, well, I, Colin, I I think I've said this before, but I feel like you have the palate of a coyote um in general <laughs> that it well and that you could eat the same meal over and over and over again like my labrador without complaint um mm. a lot of people like to mix it up a little bit more I, but i'm in total agreement with you here and the other thing that chick-fil-a does that i'm just not wild about waffle fries it's in the uh, yeah, spectrum overrated. of fries i think they're the worst fry i mean you're just more likely than not with waffle fries to get one of those undercooked potatoey gooey fries if it's a waffle fry it's just not a i don't know you know and i know this is another topic which people have very strong opinions about waffle fries bottom of my list in the fry department yeah me and brennan are both involved in a snap group amongst friends that Mm -hmm. uh hot fry talk (laughs) is a big part of it sure big big two-thirds and uh waffle and and shoestring and and uh crinkle crinkle cuts and Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty hot. It's hot button stuff. Steak fry. Um, but I really don't feel like there's a lot of people out there defending the waffle fry. And I don't I, I'm not going to start today. I'm not a waffle fry guy. I don't want a waffle fry. I like a good curly fry, Brennan. There's nothing there's wrong with a curly fry. For me, just the, the straight up shoestring, you know, McDonald's, uh, Freddy's French fry is sort of my jam. I'm a traditionalist at heart. The cur- The waffle fry and the steak fry both. They, they're high risk, high reward, I guess, because they both lend themselves to having those undercooked fries. You know, those big fat steak fries and the waffle mm-hmm. cut ones you get. There's nothing worse when you dig into a fry and it's just like sort of that undercooked fry. If you get one of those thin McDonald's Freddy style fries, you're not going to have that. If it goes anything, it's going to be too crispy. And nobody's complained ever about a fry that's too crispy. And I can get down with a, with a, uh, a good crinkle cut, but I'm still a shoestring man myself. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's all subjective. Kind of. But I also think um, I'm right and everybody else is wrong. <laughs> well, I agree. <laughs> I, I often think I'm right. Well, Colin, uh, I mentioned that uh, there's not a shitload going on. I mean. Um, is that the end of Kansas news? Oh, yeah. I guess that the is. hot fry talk. <laughs> Get distracted with sweet, sweet hot fry talk. Did we ever talk about Dennis Gates uh, recruiting that big fat seven footer? Not fat. Yes, <laughs> we did. Big old seven footer. No. <laughs> just tall. Just still not fat. Not that's a, me. Yeah. No, still not fat, Brennan. Well, in yeah. fact, he's quite skinny. Yeah, that's right. I, I couldn't remember if we even brought that up, but that happened. So, I mean, yeah, just, like I said, we're just stretching for details of, of Mizzou world. I was going to say we we did put that poll out and said what do you what would you be satisfied with a Mizzou season? Would six and six be enough? Seven and five, eight and four, nine and three. I was shocked. How many people acted like if anything less than eight and four or nine and three happened, they would be very upset. And I was like, man, I don't know. Did you look at our schedule? Did you look at how we did last year? Like what makes you think the six and six squad 
is going to jump like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like they're not they're not all cynics like us, I suppose. I guess, but I don't think uh, we go into these seasons usually being cynics, Colin. I feel like you know the, no. a lot of the media is oh, going. I'm oh, not, we're going to be I'm, six I'm, and five. I think six. eight wins is doable. I think eight wins is doable. I, it better be. Yeah, but if if my, we win seven and five, would you be shocked in a way that like these people are like? No, 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 no. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah, at all. I, I I just don't but, see. I feel like. I don't know what about this team so far is two, three, or four wins better than the 2022 team. To me, you got a more seasoned Luther Burton on offense. That's great. Hopefully, we have a little clarity in the running back position. And if it's anybody other than Sam Horn, I don't think we have the potential to jump two, three, four games better than what well, we that's did. The, in that's the answer to your question: is how good, how well does the quarterback play? Quarterback's very important and. If if uh, he plays well, if Sam Horn plays well, then the sky's the limit. But if, hey, Brendan, before we go, yeah, we should mention that we started a uh, Threads account for the Mazad cast because who <laughs> knows how long Twitter's going to last. I, do, I, I I'm loathe to even mention this because everybody wants to assign political ass bullshit to everything now. But it's like objectively, Elon Musk is doing a terrible job of running Twitter. <laughs> I, think I, I just feel like if you're just if, regardless of political stripe, you're just objectively doing a terrible job. You know, like he's literally limiting how many tweets you can look at. He's trying to get people to buy uh, their check marks. It's it's just become a complete and utter shit show since he bought it. It really he's running it like someone who's trying to tank something. You know what I mean? Like I was like I would. This is how I would do it if I was trying to ruin something. <laughs> anyway, having said all of that, there, we have some skepticism about Twitter, which is bad. I love Twitter. But uh, Mark Zuckerberg and, and Meta or Facebook, whatever you want to call them, has started their own sort of uh, text-based social media platform like Twitter, and it just launched, and we created a Mazadcast account. Yeah, Threads is the name of it. And what it is, Colin, is that Mark Zuckerberg smelled blood in the water. uh, (laughs) Yeah, that old shark, Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) There was a a place in the social media realm that Twitter filled, and it's, uh, like I said, complete chaos right now. So, we we started an account, and I think we actually, um, if this Threads thing takes off, we beat Mizzou football to actually having an account. I immediately got on and tried to follow Mizzou football, and there was Mizzou football didn't even exist at the time on Threads. Mizzou's yeah. official account does. I don't know. I just did a I search, and I can't find it. Mizzou. Um, I, mean, no, I thought I followed them on my. Um, you know, I have my personal Threads account. There's Mizzou. Um, I would hate to see Twitter to go. I, I love Twitter, and we have. Nearly eight thousand followers on Twitter, which is yeah uh, crazy. Going to be hard to to remanufacture on another platform. <laughs> I know that's the only reason I don't want to jump ship. Um, I know. I just but but like I also you know in that like for you like they have a section now for you, you what you're following and then for you like whether just a where your timeline is just things they suggest for you. Yeah, it is a nightmare of things that I would never want to see. Yeah, half the people that they put in my for you. Uh, like timeline are people that I have literally marked them not interested in this tweet at one point or another. <laughs> like I was just looking at it before we got on here and I cannot stand Clay Travis. I, I, I just think he's the fucking worst. You know, I know on multiple occasions I've told Twitter, like, don't give me this. I don't want this not interested. Open it up tonight. I'll kick the coverage. Clay Travis. I'm just like, why is it? Why are you showing me this? I Twitter wants me to see them. And so I'm just like, what is going on right now? Yeah. And then the other day I was looking at Twitter and it said I had exceeded my tweet limit. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what's going on. I, what is happening? Yeah. No, I'm looking at Mizzou, Mizzou hoops, Mizzou women's basketball, 
Mizzou softball, they all have uh, threads accounts. But to this point, Mizzou football, social media guy, you got to get on this. Um, it's happening. Threads, I don't know if it's going to last, but you don't want to be the last guy on the band. Mizzou social media has never been great anyway. So let's uh, let's get there, Mizzou football. I also saw before we went on that uh, they in the in thread second day they reached their they reached fifty million subscribers. Yeah, and I heard um, the advertisers had noticed. Like a, yeah, I seem it seems like that. Well, that was that's what's going to kill Twitter is they they've got basically under the guise of free speech of like just disband just just abandoned content moderation and so. Like if you're an advertiser, like, yeah, you can advertise on our platform. The tweet below it might have a swastika in it. But, uh, you know, if you don't mind that, when you're hawking your wares next to that, then we're the place to do it. And, of course, that makes advertisers noticeably skittish. And so, you know, basically the only thing I see on Twitter now getting uh, advertised is like boner pills and shit like that. And like, well, I don't feel like that's really good. That's going to keep the revenue streams up, especially when there's an alternative now. <laughs> the boner pills? Well, I love boner pills, and we have hawked them on this show, but <laughs> sure. you're not a multi-billion dollar social media company either. You know? No, uh, Chick-fil-A and boner them. pills, we are up for sale. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah. We go, listen, we have no principles mm-hmm. uh, whatsoever. Yeah, just jam okay. your boner pills into your chicken sandwiches, and we'll chomp them right up. Having said how badly a job I think Elon Musk is doing running Twitter, um, he, I'm for sale. Elon Musk, you want to hire me in any capacity and pay me a great deal of money. I will set aside all of my principles. Yeah. If Twitter wants to advertise yeah, on the Mazodcast, we are happy to say that, uh, Twitter's yeah. doing a great job. They're the best social media yeah. platform out there yeah. and, uh, no mistakes that we've seen so far. We're completely comfortable with the, uh, Mazodcast, uh, tweets being like right next to a, you know, like somebody taking a dump on another person's chest. Uh, we're we're fine with that. We're super okay with that for the right price, obviously. Always have been. Always will be. Yep, always will be. Mm-hmm. Man's got to have a code. <laughs> yep. All right, Colin. Well, um, on that note. Oh, Brennan, mm-hmm. the new logo. I don't know how people feel about it, but we did we did revamp the Mazodcast logo. That's right. Rebranded. We did. I think it's better. I think it's better than ever. I think it. I think it represents us well. Uh, I put it out there, Colin, on social media, expecting just to get fucking slammed because that's what seems yeah. to be what happens when you post how you change anything yeah yeah, yeah or you show, show any vulnerability people are going to fucking attack you hard we created this new logo and so far what reaction we did get was positive so uh, oh that reminds me gave away our last mazodcast hat recently colin give it to cole from the uh, woods water and mizzou podcast you might know he uh like me that i had little chase and little daniel in the nicu recently his uh little baby was in the nicu and we chatted it up, a couple of Mizzou podcasters. Gave him a Mazodcast hat. It was the last one. It was deciding whether we ought to get another round of hats. And if so, whether we should do the one with our new logo on it, Colin. Well, de- if we're going to do new hats, we should definitely do the new logo. I wonder if this bill around, we should do T-shirts. T-shirts uh, as opposed to hats? Yeah, just because you could, for the amount of money, we could get a lot more T-shirts, I feel like, than we can get hats. Yeah. And part of the reason we wanted the new logo in the first place is that we – Wanted to stay away from official Mizzou branding. And the old old Mazodcast logo had the the Sailor Tiger, which was problematic. This is uh, our own creation, our own design. So, uh, you know, I can't see any reason why anybody should come be coming after us. So if we wanted to do any uh, merch, we can. So, uh, yeah. We can, swagging it up. We can consider some T-shirts or some hats if there's interest there. So, anyway. All right. Yeah. So uh, check us out on uh, Threads. Twitter, Instagram, wherever podcasts are sold, you know, we're, we're around as we have been for, uh, 
God, near a decade now, Colin. This is season 10. Would you believe that? It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe there's been interest in us for this long. Yeah. There's college kids now who are at Mizzou listening to this pod- podcast, potentially, who were uh, 10 years old when we started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yep. feel old. We're always looking for new youth consultants. That's right. That's right. So, uh, anyway, till uh, till next time or until some, uh, yeah. you know, big-time we'll Mizzou get player get gets pulled over for a DUI, M-I-Z. D-O-U. Yeah, just jam your boner pills into your chicken sandwiches and we'll chomp them right up.